Hello, and welcome to this bite-sized episode with myself, Charlie Baxter, on the British English Podcast, the show that helps you improve your British English and better understand British culture. And for that fact, I got my great friend Ricky Gill on the show again to go over some of his ideas on the history of the class-based system. We managed to discuss the way the Romans might have affected it, how the classes could be shifting as we speak, uh, what pubs have to do with it, and, and even the smoking ban. The list actually goes on, but I'll leave the summary there. Uh, remember to grab the free worksheet for this episode before you begin listening to better understand some of the native expressions that come up in uh, natural conversation between myself and Ricky. And that is over at the British English Podcast dot com forward slash freebies. F-R-E-E-B-I-E-S. Freebies. Oh, and if this is your first time hearing a conversation between myself and Ricky, how should I introduce him? Um, he has a fascinating job and has spent the last 20, 25 years or so researching the psychology of, well, happiness and, and general well-being through multiple disciplines within psychology, including mindfulness, NLP, hypnosis and many, many more. And he's my go to guy for anything and everything around mental health and uh well, despite his wealth of knowledge in this area, he really doesn't take himself too seriously, which is why I enjoy having these conversations with him that lead in all sorts of directions. So, yes, I hope you enjoy this conversation around the class-based system in the UK with Ricky Gill. Off air, you were telling me a little bit about um, what you had heard of the historical upbringing of the divide between the north and the south yeah i don't know whether this is history or just my own pigeon theory but <laughs> you know we know the romans didn't have a great time okay in the north of the country <laughs> you know may maybe that's where it starts from right <laughs> you know okay. They, they sort of went, well, okay, I, this isn't much fun. These people, like, they just, you know, not very cooperative and uh, they're not giving up without a fight. And then eventually they built Hadrian's Wall and just turned around, right? Okay. Whereas, you know, my, my very cursory understanding of history suggests that the south of England uh, eventually saw some of the good that the Romans brought. They liked the straight roads eventually. Yeah, you know, they like the order and the bathing and <laughs> yeah, ordered society and, you know. Whereas um, those northerners, huh? <laughs> but you see, here's the thing. That traditional north-south culture divide, although there is an economic disparity and probably a disparity well, there is a disparity in the way central government treats the regions. I would say the shared culture between people would be quite similar depending on what class of society there is. That makes sense? So, you know, let's, let's draw an imaginary fictitious line and say that we've always had the working class, which... You know, the heyday of the working class in this country 
you know, may have come and gone in, in the sense that we don't really produce anything, manufacture anything in this country. I think I may be right in understanding that the last thing that was made and built in this country was the Humber Bridge from British Steel. Oh, right. I hope I'm not incorrect with that. It's a long time ago. The, the what bridge? The Humber Bridge. Where's that? No. Somewhere up north. I don't go there, so <laughs> you'd have to look at a map. Um, <laughs> I'm only kidding. That's a little north south humour, right? Um, so you know the you know the industry industry for the working classes obviously took a big hit, a big hit, and then the working classes have sort of fragmented into a still the working classes reinvented, and then maybe the benefits class where nothing was really supported, no real industry was there for them to latch onto. And then what seems to have burgeoned, and once again, these are all my non-academic observations, what seems to have burgeoned is the middle classes. And, you know, we have this burgeoning middle class that it seems the entry level for middle class work is anything that doesn't involve digging ditches on the side of a road. But, you know, maybe to some extent, you know, basic administrative roles are giving people access to middle-class culture. And then what's happening in the middle-class culture is, 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 is it's sort of segmenting into the lower middle classes, the middle middle classes and the upper, upper middle classes, which is a whole other conversation, right? Mm. And... You know, I, I think probably one of the most, um, a lot of people that I would see are from the middle and the upper range of the middle classes who have good careers, who run businesses, who are socially climbing for all intents and purposes. Um, and there's a lot of aspiration there and aspiration ambition often, often comes with stress as well. Mm-hmm. And, and then of course you have, you know, what they used to call the ruling elite, you know, the, the, the upper classes, which predominantly are a culture that has been imbued by hereditary wealth. You know, the passing down of land, the passing down of property and other assets um, and they are quote unquote the, the, the maybe the families that have been in Britain for many 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 generations. But we know that that middle class tier is made up by a lot of people who, in the last few generations, have possibly moved to Britain and who have quote unquote worked hard. Mm. It's a very interesting place, Britain. Yeah. Very, very interesting place. Not easy to sort of throw your hat over something and say, I understand it. No. Remember that this episode, just like every single other episode on this show, comes with a free worksheet where you get to see some of the best native expressions that come up in this very episode, along with definitions made for you, a non-native learner. I've even designed it so that you can play the podcast episode on the same page as the free worksheet. It's super user-friendly, so head over to thebritishenglishpodcast.com right now and check out the free podcast worksheets or 
or simply click on the link that says free podcast worksheets in the show notes of this episode. I'd like to remind you that if you are listening to this message, then you are not taking full advantage of the British English podcast, as we have the Academy, which is where I pour my blood, sweat and tears into every single episode. I go into further detail, giving you more content to enjoy and then deliver manually edited transcripts, video explanations of the advanced expressions used in the episode, pronunciation practice, quizzes assignments, flashcards, glossaries for all the definitions, etc, etc. So if you wanted to come away using the advanced language I'm exposing you to in each episode with confidence, then I highly recommend you join the Academy. To do that, you can head over to the BritishEnglishPodcast.com and you'll even be able to get a sample of the Academy completely free. But like I was saying, there are certain markers in British culture that may give you access and membership to every class. From the benefits class to the ruling elite, if we're going to call them that, or the (laughs) upper classes, to the work, the traditional working class, what's left of them, and then that broad bandwidth of middle classes. And you know what they are? The love of dogs and the love of alcohol. (laughs) <laughs> right maybe if you you know <laughs> and the love of love of dogs i immediately understand i think the love of alcohol can you explain that one is that because we're all in the the pub together side by side yeah, the pub's been a great leveler of british culture i almost th- feel like it's a, a flip reverse of roles you think so yeah, I feel like the, the in, yeah. maybe there's some very affluent pubs and some very working class pubs, and then there's the benefit class pubs, which yeah, they're they're kind of interesting, right? <laughs> but I would say my experience of pub pub. I mean, we've got to do a whole podcast on pub culture, <laughs> right? Because it's literally its own thing that needs to be taken apart, but. Maybe, maybe the pub historically has been a place that members of the different broad cross-sections of society have converged and have found something that despite their obvious differences, but one thing that's connected them, the the enjoyment of a drink, Mm. right? That would be my observation pint of bitter yeah and you know that's it's it's just an interesting thing because we know since the smoking ban came that i mean when i was growing up you'd go i I used to play football for a pub team and we'd all go back to the pub afterwards to have drinks and some food i mean i would be smelling of cigarettes for like three weeks like you put all your clothes in the wash but you'd be walking through like a dense cloud of smoke. It was pretty grim. And you couldn't get any good food in pubs in those days. You'd get ham, egg, and chips. 
if the landlady could be bothered to do some lunch, right? And what's happened is that since the smoking ban, pubs probably can only survive by turning out really nice food. So pubs are actually now a really nice place to get good quality bistro food in different parts of Britain. Obviously, you've still got a bit of a divide. But on the whole, for pubs to survive, they're going to need to start producing really good quality food. Mm. I hadn't thought of it like that. Yeah. It's amazing it's the change. difference of what the, the smoking ban did. A massive difference. And yeah. I'm glad. I mean, I'm an asthmatic, so... I always used to like to. I always used to like to go to pubs for pub lunches, and there's always been something of a pub lunch culture. Certainly, a Sunday lunch culture. But you know, now I mean, in our village that we're in, we've got a pub that does amazing food every day of the week, and you know, and and that's a cool thing, right? Mm, yeah, definitely, definitely. But maybe a love of alcohol and a love of dogs. I mean, if you look at the the working classes or the upper classes. Dogs and alcohol are a, um, a prevalent feature in their lives. You look at the middle classes, dogs and alcohol probably a prevalent feature in their lives too, right? <laughs> yeah, and everyone has access to them. Everyone has access to dogs and alcohol. Yeah. I mean, I don't drink and I have dogs. So like I said, I'm always an outlier anyway, right? I've, I've never really fitted in anywhere in society. So I'm comfortable with my position of being an observer. <laughs> But sometimes I feel like that's a healthy place to be. I think so. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, Ricky, it's been amazing. I'll put your links in the description box and the show notes. Um, but Ricky, would you ever think about doing another one of these podcasts in the future? If I get to hang out with you, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love Fantastic. to. I'd love to. Fantastic. Okay, we will leave it there, guys. It's just getting warmed up, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, we are. Gosh, we've got so so much um, to cover. But yeah, thank you so much, Ricky. And uh, I guess I will see you in the future. Aye, aye. (laughs) Lovely. See you soon. See you soon, guys. Bye. That's all from me this week. I hope you have a good seven days ahead of you. My name is Charlie Baxter, and I will see you next time on the British English Podcast. <laughs>